Hey legends, yes, I'm now an immensely proud dad. Oh man, what a feeling. And I can tell you now, it didn't happen easily. It was after an intense 18-hour labor for my gorgeous fiance Marie. Uh, it was after that 18-hour labor that our perfect little man, Oliver, was delivered safely into the world. And speaking of pride, to say I'm proud of Marie is an understatement. She battled through an intense marathon of a journey. But I won't go into all of those details in this episode. But I will say that being by her side and now having a first-hand experience of understanding what mothers go through, to all you mothers out there, my hat goes off to you. Unbelievable. Now, I wanted to start this little segment about emotional intelligent parenting, where I'll jump on and randomly add to over time. Not to try and teach people how to parent, that's not my place, but simply to share my experiences, challenges, and choices as a parent. Even if you're not a parent and have no plans to be, you'll still get value from these episodes because it's me sharing how I use my knowledge and tool belt of mental strength training and emotional intelligence to navigate the evolving parenting journey. Don't worry, now that I'm a parent, I'm not planning on steering this podcast in the direction all about parenting, but these little episodes will touch on it and provide value in numerous ways. What do I mean when I say parenting from an emotional, intelligent perspective? To me, it's the aim of acting from a space of emotional awareness and emotional agility. It obviously evolves a lot more than that, but that's the foundations of it. So responding to the situations that arise, not reacting to them. Or when I do react to them, it's about nipping that emotional reaction in the butt super fast and not letting myself stay in those unhelpful energetic conditions. Because, let's face it, as a sleep-deprived or busy person, actually not busy, productive, I'm likely to allow my emotional hijacking brain to take over and throw a bit of anger, resentment, fear or anxiousness, etc. my way. For example, by the way, that was a little bit of a dad pun because I'm about to, uh, it was example, I'm about to tell you a story about eggs. <laughs> Thanks to all you dads out there for having a chuckle at that little dad pun. <laughs> anyway, the other day I was cooking my eggs. I have three eggs almost every day for lunch. Organic free range eggs, I fry them in coconut oil or extra virgin olive oil or pure butter for a few minutes only on medium heat so they stay really soft and gooey because running eggs are actually a lot healthier for you. It's within the yolk where all the nutrients are contained in eggs and they're actually healthiest in their raw form so it's important not to cook the yolks. Plus I reckon they taste freaking delicious like that. So I was cracking the eggs into the little fry pan and the first yolk broke and I got a bit frustrated because it meant it wouldn't be as runny and delicious and healthy. Then I cracked the second one. And that yolk bloody broke as well. Fuck! I reacted. Bloody hell. Then I cracked the third one. And it was sweet. The yolk didn't break. But then I caught myself saying to myself, Far out. I can't believe that happened. Now I've, I've got to take those two eggs out pretty much straight away so I don't destroy them and then let the third one keep cooking. Far out. Then I realized what I was actually saying to myself, and I stopped and thought about it for a second. Then I just started cracking up at myself, and I said, 
<laughs> I said, I'm so grateful that I've got that one egg that didn't break and that I can still eat the other two healthily because I know I need to take them off earlier to maintain their health benefits and deliciousness. Then I just stopped and said, I'm just grateful I can enjoy a delicious lunch. <laughs> so what happened in that moment was, actually what happened in that very sleep deprived moment, because this was one of those days where I'd had a lot less sleep the night before because little Oliver was more unsettled than he had been. And this is not me complaining or comparing by any means because Marie and all you mothers out there do it a lot tougher than us dads because you need to get up and breastfeed during the night and that sort of stuff. Anyway, I was super tired. If this egg situation happened to me when I was completely energized and wasn't sleep deprived, I wouldn't have reacted in that way. Well, highly unlikely anyway. Small challenges like this happen to me all the time on a daily basis, happen to all of us. And I'm usually able to process them quite well most of the time. So what happened in that moment, in that sleep deprived moment, was that I was triggered into anger. So breaking the egg yolks that I normally perfect, that triggered me into an angry state. Just that simple little thing. I thought I'd failed lunch and I thought I was useless for breaking the yolks and I thought I'd created more work for myself by needing to take those eggs out of the fry pan earlier. They were my thoughts. I had an angry outburst and I swore and I started talking negatively to myself. They were my actions. And I felt angry, annoyed, disappointed. They were my feelings. The order in which those thoughts, feelings and behaviors happened it would have been a close tie for first with the feelings of anger and the thoughts of uselessness, etc. Very closely followed by the reactive actions and outbursts of anger. That's a prime example of the thought dynamics model in action right there. Thoughts, feelings, behaviors, all linked. That's me being human, being triggered into the unhelpful emotional states. But what I'm proud of is my emotional awareness to catch myself reacting like that. Would I be more proud to not have been triggered into anger? Absolutely. That's how I aim to live intentionally every day and work on my mental strength tool belt to avoid that. But reality is, I'm human and it happens, especially when sleep deprived. So my awareness was there. Then I used the tool of gratitude. Yes, gratitude is a tool and here's why. You hear me talk about it all the time and you know I'm addicted. I used the tool of gratitude to shift from victim of the broken egg yolks and angry man to thankful for the egg yolks and happy man. Being grateful for them didn't repair them and fix the egg problem, but being angry at them wouldn't have fixed them either. Being angry at the egg yolks doesn't make me a better partner for Marie or a better father for Oliver, but being grateful for the egg yolks makes me a more pleasant and present partner and father. Being angry at the egg yolks puts me in a stressed state, elevating cortisol and my other stress hormones. Being grateful at the egg yolks increases my helpful, healthy, feel-good hormones. This is emotional agility. The ability to navigate your emotions and operate from the states that are helping you, not operating from the states that are hindering you. Let me ask you this. When you get angry sometimes, not if, it's when, I know you're human, so I know you experience anger, and I'm not just talking to parents here, this is to everyone, 
when you get angry sometimes, does it cross your mind that it's stupid to be angry at that thing? It doesn't really matter. Or does someone tell you, don't be angry about it? And the thoughts may cross your mind that you could choose not to be angry, but you don't respond to those thoughts. You might choose to remain angry, maybe. It's in and around that moment where your emotional intelligence can kick in, where you can choose to not just be aware of your emotions, but also have the tools and strategies for your emotional agility and shift away from those unhelpful, disempowering conditions into your helpful, empowering states. It's always our choice. One of the reasons I'm actually grateful that this event happened, I am grateful that it happened, is because it's reminded me that the extra demands of being a parent, coupled with the weird sleep patterns and consistent lack of sleep, is creating an environment of potential triggers on a frequent basis. I'm super aware of that. It's reminded me more than ever why it's important to practice things like mindfulness, meditation, and my breath work in a controlled non-stressed environment so when these sleep deprived stressful environments arise like the stress of egg yolks breaking I'm easier able to tap into the tools and strategies months before Oliver was born I decided on a couple of words to enter parenting with and those words were involved and present Why did I even choose words? It's an anchoring point for me. It became, before he was born, it became part of my meditation and mantras. And as I visualized myself as a father, I saw myself as a very present and involved parent, which triggered emotions of pride, love, joy, happiness. All of which, yes, you'd expect from being a parent anyway. But what about these times when we're sleep deprived? And for us blokes, our testosterone levels drop significantly, which poses more internal challenges. The extra demands, um, the extra time commitments and weird baby bubble experiences start to rule our life. To have those words to anchor back on have been super powerful for me in these first few weeks. So what do I mean by that? By involved and present. Well, involved meaning that from the minute He's born, I'm as involved as I can be. From cutting his umbilical cord, which was amazing by the way, to changing his first nappy, cleaning the first spews, holding him skin to skin as often as possible, dressing him, taking him on walks to give mum a break, settling his cries. I wanted to be fully involved from day one, from minute one, as much as I could. Especially with the <laughs> especially with the nappy changing, actually, because I'd never changed a nappy before, so I thought, right, I'm going to make the feeling of nappy changing as normal as the feeling of putting on my own clothes. And that's the way it's been for the past few weeks. Obviously, the word involved also means to be there for Marie and help and support her as much as possible. That's a given, and it's been a big part of my visualizations before before the birth and anchoring into this daily. But that's always how involved I've been with our our relationship. I'm always there to help and support her. So that's an easy one, to support that gem of a human in all ways possible. And then presence. 
This has been a real gift. I chose this word because, look, I understand and value the importance of being with a child, even before I had a child. Not just being there, but fully being there, in the moment with them, connected to them, breathing with them, mesmerized by them. And that's exactly how it's been. It's, it's magical. Obviously not every minute of every day that we're together, but I've never experienced times in my life where I can care about nothing else or be distracted by the outside world or technology like it is when I'm holding Ollie and just staring into his eyes or just resting his head on my chest. It's, it's unbelievable. I fully understand now why parents create this connection of unconditional love to their children because I can imagine how this bond just grows stronger and stronger through each important phase of their growth and development, even with the mental and emotional challenges they present, which includes the sleep deprivation. And let's talk about that for a little bit, actually, this sleep deprivation aspect. I want to touch on this for everyone listening once again even if you're not a parent because i know many people that i work with that aren't parents that are sleep deprived that's part of my health coaching as my mentor nam baldwin says sleep is like the glue that holds your health your well-being and your lifestyle together and it's the number one legal performance enhancer that most people are neglecting so we know the power and importance of sleep and actually, I think it's quite cool that sleep is kind of sexy these days. There's so many sleep experts on podcasts and health experts expressing the importance of it now. I understand the power and importance of it, and that's why I coach people on sleep hygiene. Without good quality and quantity sleep, we trigger a cascade of unhealthy outcomes and start to operate from a more fragile mental and emotional state. When we're sleep deprived, our brain function changes and those little emotional centers in one part of the brain that are normally governed and managed by our big prefrontal cortex, they're no longer regulated so well. That logical part of our brain that usually helps us out so much kind of takes a back seat, just chills out and doesn't do its job very well, and our emotions start pouring out. Emotional hijacking. That's why it's so easy to react instead of respond. Get angry easily. Have outbursts. Get frustrated at your egg yolks, for example. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we can't do the work to create a shift in our mindsets and emotional states, using tools and strategies to help shift your energetic conditions. But it does mean that we should prioritize sleep as much as possible, which I know is very difficult in the baby bubble. <laughs> Actually, Marie and I have created quite a good tag team system, so... We're not both fully sleep deprived all day and it seems to be working quite well, but it's not bulletproof. Obviously, newborns prevent bulletproof sleep routines. I can tell you that now. <laughs> and like I said before, Marie cops it way worse than me. I'm super grateful that we've got this worked out a little bit though. We're keeping sane. The relationship is actually amazing and super supportive. But once again, I'm not going to go into that now. I'm going to I'm, here I am saying it out loud. I'm going to bring Marie onto the podcast. We're going to unpack this together. Anyway, the topic of sleep is deep. And I'm not going to unpack it all here, but it's an essential part of your health, your happiness, and your overall quality of life. I had another great reminder of respecting my health more when sleep deprived, just recently, because I got pretty sick 
just three days after Oliver was born. I use a sleep monitor. And so I was tracking all my phases and amount of sleep as I had been for quite a few weeks before he was born, actually. But over a three-day period, the day before he was born, uh, the day he was born, the day after, I only had nine hours sleep. I usually get eight hours per night. So nine hours over three nights. That was a bit of a shock to the system. (laughs) But I felt amazing after he was born. We had this new miracle in our lives and he and Marie were super healthy and I was on a high on, I was high on adrenaline and oxytocin and gratitude. So I didn't feel that sleep deprived. I knew I was, but I felt energized. So I went for a run the day after he was born on nine hours of sleep over a three day period. I felt really good on the run. So I pushed, pushed pretty bloody hard actually. And lo and behold, the next day I was struggling a bit and then bang throat and chest sick for a solid 10 days i wasn't too well i rarely get sick too so i was pretty disappointed in myself but the thoughts hit me on day two of the sickness as i processed why has this happened for me not to me but why has it happened for me and it was so clear (laughs) it was to remind me that i'm not bulletproof and everything i know about the lack of sleep should be respected more because even though I was still eating healthy and with my supplements and everything, the one thing that was lacking was sleep. Pretty bloody important. The sickness was a reminder to be more kind to myself in this baby bubble of a time. Slow down, live more optimally, not extreme. (laughs) Actually, speaking of sleep, in the lead up to Oliver's birth, telling people about the excitement and the pride that I feel like I was going to have about being a dad. I said to people, the only thing I'm afraid of is lack of sleep. Bring on the pooey nappies and screams and every other challenge. But the lack of sleep is scary. And every parent said to me, Robbo, you just learn to operate on less sleep. And I said, yeah, I understand that. But that doesn't make it okay. (laughs) And now I know that it doesn't make broken egg yolks okay either. (laughs) Anyway, to wrap things up about living more emotionally intelligent, some of you might be thinking, why should you even think like this? Why not just do what you've got to do? Just get on with it. Well, of course, you can choose to think like that. It's your choice to think whatever thoughts you like, feel the way you feel, and behave the way you behave. It's all your choice. But reality is, we are emotional states all day long. Happy, angry, content, frustrated, connected, kind, resentful, grateful, anxious, courageous, energetic, whatever it is. Our emotional states and energetic conditions either help us or hinder us. They empower us or disempower us. They serve us or take from us. So, if you want to live an aligned life with better relationships, more love, joy, connectedness, happiness, fulfillment, and a freaking abundance of enjoyment and optimism, you're going to want to learn about yourself at a deeper level and start navigating your life from a more of an emotionally intelligent perspective. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.